if you believe in what you sell, it's so much easier than if you don't. If you don't believe in what you sell and you're just out there for a commission, it's going to be a failure eventually. And it's going to hurt a founder if they don't get that sales rep really bought into what they're doing and bought into the vision of the business as well. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. Today we have John Barrows, who helps top organizations build world-class sales teams. John, how's it going? Fantastic, Eric. Thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you start off by telling us a little about, about yourself and what your story is? Yeah, sure. I'll be brief here. You know, I, I grew up here in Boston, still live here. I a little bit pissed about the Celtics losing, but whatever. Oh, oh tough. And the Patriots. Well, the Patriots, you know, we have a good run. Uh, and, this, you know, I'm, I'm actually for both of those. The Patriots, uh, I wasn't as upset as I usually was. And also the Celtics, uh, we're stacked right now. So the next five years are going to be pretty legit. So I'll let I'll let Golden State and Cleveland have one more run at it. But next year. <laughs> so anyways, but I grew up here, um, went down to Maryland uh, for University of Maryland for college, drank my way through four years of college. I uh, got my degree in marketing because I uh, didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up got out into and kind of fell into sales just like everybody else. You know, there's no, back then there was no majors in sales. They're finally starting to get a few out there. But um, I got into sales with DeWalt Power Tools, selling free tools or giving away free tools to construction workers, which was cool. And then got into Xerox, which is really where I got my formal sales education. And then started a company with a couple of buddies of mine from high school doing outsourced IT services to the SMB market. So, you know, service workstations, all that stuff, we managed it for them. And, you know, I was 24, 25, I think, when we started this company. I had no idea what I was doing. So I took every training there was, Sandler, Miller, Hyman, Tess, and all of it. And I came across this one company called Basho, and it was the first training that I took that I really liked because it was very tactical and, and execution oriented. It wasn't this big, long theory or process or something like that. So I used Basho, uh, helped grow Thrive Up. We ended up being the fastest growing company in Massachusetts for a few years in a row. Um, got us to about 12 million uh, in revenues and about uh, 85 employees and then sold off to Staples. So Staples came and bought us. And I spent about a year going through the integration and come to find out apparently I'm not a corporate guy. I don't have much of a filter and I really don't like playing politics. So uh, eventually Staples offered me another position, which was a really nice way of firing me. <laughs> and um, Basho came knocking and said, John, you want to be a trainer? And I was like, nope, absolutely not. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, I don't like trainers. And the reason was is because up until that point in my career, the only type of sales trainers I had come across were either failed sales professionals or professional presenters. And if you've ever gone through a training where you could just tell the trainers never actually done what they're telling you what to do, or if you, if they did, it was like, you know, 20 years ago type of thing. So I didn't want to be that guy. And they said, well, don't worry. You have to use the techniques to sell so you can train so you can get paid. And I was like, all right, I kind of like the whole practice what you preach thing. So I joined Basho, took on some bigger accounts, brought on some bigger ones, and then uh, make a long story short, they screwed it all up and I took it over. So went off on my own about five years ago. 
And now I'm working with companies like Salesforce, LinkedIn, Box, Dropbox, Google, Okta, you know, whatever, Aptis, a lot of the tech SaaS companies out there. And I train on techniques. So two programs, fill in the funnel, which is all about, you know, getting business, email, phone, social selling, brand building, those type of things. And then driving a close, which is all about, okay, now that you have the conversation, what do you do with it? And, uh, you know, flying around, having a good time, uh, trying to spread, uh, spread the wealth here as far as, you know, good stuff that works. Cause I'm just a big believer that when sales done right, it's the greatest profession in the world. When done wrong, it's the worst. So I'm, I'm just trying to help do my part to help people do it right. Love it. And you, you have a couple of different programs, right? You have online courses and then in-person training. I mean, can you talk about some of the programs? Yeah. Yeah. Those two programs, like the filling the funnel and driving to close, they can both be delivered, you know, through the on-site, which is about, uh, you know, 70% of my stuff is that I do is on-site traveling around doing one day workshops with people, hands-on live application. And then I got an online portal that has all the same stuff in video format. So now individuals can get the exact same content and training that Salesforce does, uh, obviously at a lot, uh, smaller price tag. And, um, you know, I do remote support and then from a social standpoint, I share, you know, all sorts of stuff. We got the Facebook group, but uh, we try to give, you know, drop knowledge in there and interact and give feedback and those type of things as well. So trying to, you know, trying to hit all the angles and try to give everybody at least uh, something, right? Whether it's a free piece of content that'll help them execute and drive some results or a full program that if they want to go through it, uh, we'll give them a process to follow. And what are the, the price points for those different programs? Uh, yeah, the on the online stuff, the on site, uh, I'd, I'd rather not uh, kind of exp- that. That's kind of to be determined based on the client um, and its rate card stuff. But uh, the online stuff, if you go online uh, for individuals, it's like 595 bucks for for the course for the year, and you get full access to it as well as all the resources that are included in there. If you buy kind of bulk licensing, it gets down to 200 bucks a license. So for smaller businesses, they can have it for about 200 bucks a license, and that includes you know all the content and all the resources and everything else that I put in there. And also my time too. like I, you know, anytime somebody invests in a, uh, something, anything uh, on my end, uh, you get my time. Uh, I don't charge hourly rates or any of that stuff. I just want to make sure that stuff sticks and works. So uh, I'm willing to jump on a call anytime to help people kind of think through or optimize it or, you know, help reinforce it or whatever. Great. And for your, I guess the, the on-site stuff, because I, I think there's a lot of people probably interested in that. Um, what can you speak to perhaps a case study or a transformation that, that you delivered for a company in particular? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of them. You know, I think the the biggest the 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 prospecting stuff, and this goes to to a lot of what I do is, um, you know, talking about the that ideal customer profile, like really figuring out where does your solution um, solve what problems, right? And um, and what does that look like? And I call it the inflection point, where. So, you know, inbound marketing has kind of got us to a certain point or inside sales for, for you know, whatever reason has been pretty good. But then all of a sudden the, the inbound lead generation starts to level off and quotas go up, territories get smaller, you know, or you have to go upstream to mid-market and enterprise and you have to start really doing some outbound stuff. That inflection point is really where this specifically the filling the funnel program really hits a home run. And, and it gives the tools, structure, and techniques to, to reps and organizations to, to, in my opinion and experience, do sales right. So, you know, I'll give you an example of Finio as a, as a client of mine. And with SalesLoft, because my stuff plugs into a lot of the cadence tools that are out there, they were able to hit 123% of target uh, from the, right after the quarter that I went in there. 
by using the techniques and uh, and sales loft together. And you know, there's probably ten other examples that I could point to that I could pull up where you know they either in- increase their conversion ratios by a certain percentage or uh, increase their average deal size by a certain amount or you know we're able to optimize their process so that the time to close was better. So you know, I, I got a whole bunch of them on my website, and um, you know, and it's all about tangible, tactical, you know, very specific results. So that's uh, what I'm always trying to figure out. Like, you know, I got Bill Bench here from, you know, formerly from uh, Marketo with some quotes. So it's kind of all over the place, but uh, the results are what matter, right? Because that's the biggest thing that matters uh, when it comes to what your product or service does. Yeah. Yeah, I've been reading your stuff. I mean, over, over the years, and then uh, yeah, I mean, we, we both had a chance to, to share the stage at a, a conference a couple of of months ago, I think now. But um, you know, that's why I was really excited to, to talk to you here. And I, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, perhaps they are, let's say, it's a CEO or a co-founder that's selling the deals right now. Maybe even inbound marketing, like you mentioned, is is working well. They've they managed to get something going at least. But like you mentioned, it's kind of feast or famine, and you know, they have, let's say these people have tried hiring salespeople in the, in the past, but it just hasn't worked out. So who should they look to hire first? And, you know, where do they look for these people? So, you know, I wrote this a while ago called The Founder's Dilemma, right? Which is the perception of sales versus the reality of sales. And this is the way it works, right? Every, a lot of people say that they're not in sales. Well, I'm an engineer and I'm not in sales, and which is total bullshit. Everybody's in sales. And they say, well, no, I'm not like, but the sales is a lot of it fundamentally is the transfer of enthusiasm. Okay. So if you ask an engineer, and this is what happens with a lot of companies, there's a tech starter, you know, an engineer starts a company, right. And builds a product, he or she builds a product. And because they built it and they believe in it. Okay. They're obviously pretty excited about it. So they go out there to their network, to friends, family, and fools, and they have conversations about, hey, take a look at this thing. And so now because they built it, they are very passionate about how they explain what they built. And because now they're talking to a relatively friendly audience, the, the feedback is obviously really positive. And so all of a sudden you get two, three, four, five customers and, and there's a perception there. Well, shit, sales is easy. Like I've, now I just got to hire a bunch of sales reps and let's go with this. And then what they do is they hire some sales rep and they give them a territory and they give them the pitch deck and they say, go. And really without getting that sales rep truly bought into the business and being passionate about it. And so what happens is the sales rep goes out there and goes and tries their best and does whatever, you know, or maybe not, but, but, you know, and typically fails. And now the, the, the owner is like, oh, screw sales. You know what? I'm going to go marketing. Right. And then they go heavy into marketing and that, and then they realize eventually, shit, I got to bring sales back in. So my, my opinion here, especially small businesses, right? If you're, if you're a small company, you have a start or, you know, tech founder or whatever it is. I like building my own sales reps and I think it's good to have one in sooner rather than later. But what you need to do as an executive is you have to go out and sell and you have to identify what is the sales process? What is the length? You know, who do you have to talk to? What's the value proposition? And you have to get a few more than two or three deals under your belt, because if you don't give the person that you're coming in, if you don't give them at least some structure around who you sell to, what you sell, what are some of the objections you're going to come across and what's the, you know, what kind of flexibility do I have from an offering standpoint? Like if you don't really define that and put some structure around that, whoever you bring on board is going to fail. 
And so you as a CEO should be the sales rep for the company for at least the first year. And then what you can do is you can hire like a, a relatively junior kid, you know, who's relative, you know, I like to hire kids who have already been trained by somebody else. So for instance, you go after kind of the, you know, the bigger companies and cherry pick from them. So you pick from sales loft or ADP or somebody, somebody who's already given the sales rep some training so that you're not investing in a brand new kid because three out of four people that get into sales every single year, get out because it's that tough of a profession. And you want somebody who's already kind of been a little bit through the ringer and ideally been trained a little bit. So, so you, you know, you can kind of skip that step a little bit. So you find one of those reps, you know, 24, 25 years old, you bring them in and then you go on, you go on dual sales calls with them, right? You actually sit there, like you lead the sales call, the sales rep sits in, maybe he's the one that takes the notes and feedback and whatever it does and does all the follow up. And then all of a sudden they start to buy into it and you give the sales rep the tools like, hey, go talk to some customers, understand what the difference we truly make is. Hey, go talk to some of our employees about why they actually, you know, why they work here. What are they passionate about so that they can really get bought into what you're selling? Because that's really the key. Like if you have if you believe in what you sell it's so much easier than if you don't. If you don't believe in what you sell and you're just out there for a commission, it's going to be a failure eventually. And it's going to hurt a founder if they don't get that sales rep really bought into what they're doing and bought into the vision of the business as well. Right. And if this, let's say the CEO doesn't or is, is very strapped for time and it's a, it's a technical sale, is there any way that the CEO can hire someone in to help train these people and kind of manage the sales team? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there's plenty of ways you can, you can peel, you know, peel this onion back, but outsourcing it to somebody else when it's your baby, it's tough to, to, to be successful if that's the case. Um, now if some, if you can find a, a partner who's a VP of sales, you know, who has a sales background and you can have that person be on the ground floor and work with you to build that out and comes with some experience. But you you know, that way you're going to have to give up a decent amount of equity to find somebody worthwhile. That's going to come in with their own process and knowledge of the industry and how to sell this stuff. So if you're willing to give up, you know, I guess I, I guess it all comes down to how much you're willing to give up. Right. Because if you're willing to give up a decent chunk of your company so that you can have somebody that's going to be as bought in, if not a little less, maybe just because you're the owner. But, you know, then then, yeah, bring somebody in who, who's been there, done that um, and has a process and a, and a structure to follow. But my my guidance, I guess you will, on who that person is, is they better be very structure oriented and not just the slick ass sales guy that has, you know, that, that can talk the talk with anybody. Right. You want somebody who who knows, who has an approach, who has a process, who has, you know, so because there's not one answer to everything. But if you put some structure to it, you can start to figure things out along the way and you can make adjustments based on what you're seeing out there in the marketplace. Because that's the other thing. It's like the first couple of years of a business, you shift your ICP quite a bit, right? Because you'll you're first at first you'll take money from anybody. It's like screw it, whatever. Whoever's gonna pay us some cash, we'll we'll do business with them. But then you kind of graduate to realize, okay, here's where our product really fits, here's where it adds the most value. Um, so now, you know, let's go all in on that. And that takes a little while to get there. So, you know, you you need to have somebody who's who has a, a structured approach so that those shifts aren't, hey, throw out the baby with the bathwater, let's try something new here. It's an iteration of or it's a proven, hey we did this and this many times and we took this approach and it doesn't work. So now let me take that approach and now we're going to alter in this. You know, so if you have somebody that's structure oriented, then you can do it. And if you're willing to give up a little bit more than you would otherwise, you know, cause the right 
you know, VP of sales, if you will, or somebody who's willing to, to, to get in at that level and run with you is worth their weight in gold. It's just rare to find those people that are process, both process oriented and have the ability to go out and truly sell. You know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a hard position to, hi- to hire for. Right. And earlier you just talked about, you know, perhaps hiring someone that's 24, 25 that has had the training before. So aside from going to LinkedIn and trying to poach these people kind of directly, do you have any other tactics to, to find you know, even these junior people or even you know, more senior people? Sure. You know, I mean, keep your eyes open, right? I mean, uh, that's why I take sales calls. That's why I, you know, I open up sales emails to see what the approach of the sales rep is. And I always tell sales reps when you're selling, you know, what you obviously want is the client to say, yes, let's take the next step. But I almost, my, my hope is, is at the end of every sales call, I get a job offer, right? Cause I want to be, I, I want to be the sales rep that that VP of sales wants to hire. So for instance, you know, you know, if I'm pitching whatever it is at the end, I want somebody to say, Hey man, you could, yeah, thanks. The solution looks awesome. But what are you doing? You know, any interest in, in, uh, having a job here at a cool, fun startup. So, I would go to events. I would go to, you know, I would I would listen to I would take cold calls and see how good sales reps are. I would obviously work your network to find out who fits a very specific profile of what you're trying to get at, and then, like I said, just keep your eyes open uh, and ears open to to see who's who's doing sales right in your opinion and and really fits with your uh, mentality of uh, uh, and kind of the ethos, if you will, of your business and and. Uh, what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, I mean, we, we all get a ton of emails, especially if you're the, the, the CEO or executive, you get a ton of these these emails from people. You're saying take the inbound and actually try to evaluate these people to see how, how good they are, right? That's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. Why not? Right. I mean, flip it around. Everybody avoids cold calls and, and that type of stuff because they don't want to be sold. If you're trying to figure out sales, as an organization, why not expose yourself to what happens every day and learn from it? And then potentially, if you come across somebody who's worked there, you know, who's really good, then, you know, flip it over and say, hey, interested in a job? Right. When do people go to John Barrows? Well, like, you know, with the online stuff, anytime, you know, I just actually worked with a, so I I put an offer out there and I think it's still there now. Whereas if you sign up for the online stuff, you get a half an hour of my time included in it, any individual, right? So, you know, this guy who's senior sales, 50 plus years, um, you know, in the contest was uh, the make it happen, right? So I wanted people to, because my, one of the taglines I have is make it happen. And, um, he uh, and I said, hey, I want to hear your make it happen story, like try to inspire other people and, and whoever wins, I'll give some make it happen gear and, and whatever and, and some of my time. And so and a, a, a license to my online portal. And this guy won. He was 55 and he called me up. He's like, hey, John, thanks so much, man. I've been following you for a while now. I don't really need your your online stuff because I already, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a different position, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but my kid's in college right now and I would love to have him get access to it so he could really start his career off on the right foot in sales. And so I was like, sure. Right. And so I talked to that kid, you know, because the, the thing with sales is you kind of learn through the school of hard knocks, right? Hopefully you get some training early on, but a lot of it is, is, you know, you got to make some mistakes before you really learn about what sales is all about. If you at least get given a solid foundation coming out, then you can build and grow into a really, you know, solid sales professional a lot faster. 
So for me, depending on what your role is in sales and those type of things, the online stuff is anywhere. As far as the on-site stuff, you know, that's where, because you talked about kind of the on-site uh, training component is where it starts to get reasonable because I charge day rate stuff. Um, and you can put as many people as you want in the room. You know that you know, once you're around 10 to 15 people, 10 to 15 sales reps, that's where the stuff becomes you know pretty you know reasonable when it comes to a per head fee. If you're down to three or five sales reps, the likelihood of you being able to kind of honing up the cash for bringing me in on site is is probably. I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I'll take your money, but. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense financially. So, yeah, I mean, I think anybody who's looking to kind of level up and, and, and learn some, you know, some some techniques, right? Because, again, uh, you know, I, I, there's not one methodology out there as far as I'm concerned that's great at everything. Everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. And, and I think we're in a world where methodology doesn't really make a ton of sense because things evolve so fast. So trying to find different components of different sales and, and leveraging different techniques is really where my head's at when it comes to sales training. So at that point, you know, anybody who's starting their career in sales can benefit from this stuff. So, I mean, if it's if we're talking around 15 people or so for a day kind of thing, I have to assume you can say yes or no. You don't have to give an exact number. You're probably 30 grand, 20, 30 grand. No, it's not that bad, but it's, you know, it's in the range. So you know, it's between 10 and 20. Okay. It's between 10 and 20, depending on, you know, what you're trying to do uh, from a day rate standpoint. So, you know, a lot of people look at the per head fee, right? Where it's, you know, 50, you know, 500 bucks a head, 30 bucks, you know, 50 bucks a head, whatever. So, you know, between 10 and 20 grand, you know, 15 people, less than a thousand bucks, you know, a head, like that's where it starts to get, you know, at least what the benchmarks are, right? Right. Okay. Uh, just to back up a second, I mean, earlier we, we talked about, um, you know, let's say a CEO selling deals, inbounds kind of working a little well, but who is the first hire they should look for? Is it that 24 to 25 year old? Is that literally the first person and it's kind of like a junior sales rep uh, assistant? I, it really comes back to what you're selling, man. I mean, and I think it's, you know, co- coming in, I, I actually think it's worth having, uh, you know, going outside, not to somebody like me, but to somebody who can help you kind of assess the there's there's plenty of sales kind of consulting companies that'll help you assess your market and figure out what type of sales reps you need to hire based on what you're selling and who you're selling to because if look if you're selling kind of a relatively low acv and it's a little bit of more of a volume game and really always it's it's about just getting at bats then yeah hire that 22 23 24 year old kid and just put them on the phones and emails and you know make their ears bleed type of thing just to see what you can get uh, you know, but if you're selling to enterprise, yeah, that 24 year old kid is going to be a disaster. So, you know, if you're selling to enterprise or mid market and it's a rather complex sale and the ACBs in the, you know, half million plus range or, you know, 200,000 plus range or something like that, then you're going to have to go find somebody with some juice. You know, so, but again, I, I, if you don't have that mapped out beforehand or if you haven't sold at least a few of them yourself, it's going to be real hard to have that person be successful. So, you know, and you're going to have to pay them a lot to come on board because of the risk factor as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it really comes down to understanding who your target market is. And that's really where I think if I was a, you know, my advice to any founder right now is to get so hyper focused on who your ideal customer profile is. Like really, really, really not just a certain size in certain industries, whatever, but like what are the nuances there that make this a really good fit for our solution? 
You know, where are they in their business life cycle? Uh, what does the makeup of the team internally look like that you sell to? You know, for instance, like marketing departments, do, you know, do they have 15 people on their marketing department and everybody's got a specialty or do they have uh, one person in their marketing department who's, you know, over their head in a generalist, right? And, and where does your product fit there? So I think really getting militant with, with that ICP and the persona stuff to figure out what that is, that'll help then dictate who you need to hire because you need to, based on that, now you need to go and find somebody who can sell to those people. And ideally has some, you know, has some juice within those, you know, within those uh, contact spheres, if you will. You know what I mean? So they, they have connections. They're pretty heavily weighted in LinkedIn and based on those roles and those type of things. Right. And so earlier when you when you referenced juice, when you said uh, somebody that might require a little more technical know-how, that's actually kind of industry knowledge slash connections. Yeah, a little bit of both. But I mean, I think to me, it's more sales process and, and, you know, and, and has the has a little bit of the chops to be able to go out there and take the beating, um, knows what it's like to get in front of those people, might not have the pure industry knowledge of all the details because that's something you can learn. Um, and the connections are good. But, you, you know, I try to I try to tend to avoid the sales reps who come with a quote unquote book of business. Right. Because that to me is just douchey, you know, is to have a sales rep go from one company to the next and all of a sudden recommend the new company because the new company's paying them more money type of thing. You know, those type of relationships, um, they're they don't tend to last. Um, and those books of business are not nearly as attractive as they are once you really peel back the onion. So. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 it's a lot of different factors, but it's also cultural fit and it's also uh, vision and belief fit. You know what I mean? They got to believe in the company and where it's going and so that they can represent it the way you want them to represent it. And they might not be the fastest, you know, the person that's going to get you to 100 million first, but they'll do it the right way. Um, so that's why, I mean, ultimately hiring is the hardest job of any executive of any company is, is finding the right people to fit the right roles. Right. John, I mean, your stuff is amazing. Like, you know, in terms of the the speaking stuff, the, the content itself, even the the online training too. But how about uh, what do you what are some other kind of must read resources or training on sales for people to consume? Um, everything, man. So, so like I said, there's not one methodology out there that's that's awesome. You know, that's why you know what I do is I set up uh, Feedly, um, you know, the RSS aggregator, the free tool there, and I set up a folder for sales training, and I go follow all all kind of the top sales trainers out there just to see what they're putting out because I'm more of like a blog and a nugget type of guy, and and you know one of the things that I, I really recommend people consider is, you know, I talk a lot about the sales, the sales being uh, more of a science than an art, right? I, I fundamentally believe that sales should be looked at as more of a science than an art because the science lays the foundation for the art form would be that much more effective. And the idea of trying different things out and, and continuously kind of tweaking and tweaking and, you know, listening to that podcast and being like, oh, let's try that approach, you know, and, and having a process that can be analyzed, that to me is, is, kind of the, the, the direction I would head with, with growth and, and laying that strong foundation. Okay. And what are some blogs that, uh, let's say John's top two or three that you follow? Uh, the sales hacker. So I love the sales hacker one. Um, there's also for VPs and executives and sales out there, there's an incredible, uh, resource that I, uh, signed up for. It's, um, it's, it's called MSP. It's a modern sales professionals, um, Google group. 
Uh, I think if you just Google it, say Modern Sales Professionals MSP, it's one of those ones where you have to be invited to it. But, you know, the the level of uh, quality of insight that people give, because you can ask a question and, hey, I'm trying to do this. Um, Does anybody have any solutions for it? And, you know, you get really, really high quality people giving feedback on stuff. So that's an area that I look at, you know, and then there's the flip my funnel. There's the, you know, sales for life, uh, you know, the Trish Bertuzzi and the bridge group put out incredible uh, data on sales and especially like SDRs and BDRs type stuff. So there's there, um, you know, again, like Max from sales hackers, fantastic. Uh, Richard Harris is a good friend of mine. He puts out some pretty good stuff. Um, so, you know, but it, it's a lot, right? There's a lot of stuff out there. So you just got to kind of go figure out the people that, that are, you know, sell maybe to your target audience and, and share content that is relevant. But, um, you know, there's, there's somebody new coming out all the time. Uh, so uh, I try, I try to follow as many as I possibly can and then have that be kind of my morning paper. If you will, I skim through blog posts and read a couple of articles here and there. You know, if there are some books that I would recommend, um, again, it, it depends on what you're trying to build. But, you know, but Trish has uh, the Trish put out one called the, the Something Guide to Sales Development, which is if you're trying to build an SDR team or a, kind of an inside sales organization, then I would absolutely read that. But I'm more into books around like psychology and stuff like that compared to sales tactics. So one of my favorite books is uh, the book called Influence by Robert Cialdini. It's not a book on sales. It's a book on psychology and why we do the things the way that we do them. And, you know, but it's all directly related to sales. Uh, there's some other stuff around neurolinguistic programming that I that I really like, which is NLP um, and, how, and reading people and understanding how to communicate with the different personas. There's, there's a bunch of crap out there. But, uh, I, you know, it's always constant learning and trying to figure out and try new things. Super helpful. We'll drop that all in the show notes. And working towards wrapping up here, what's one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value? So it could be like Sales Loft, for example, or it could be like a physical thing. Yeah, no, I, I love, uh, so Sales Loft's fantastic. Um, but the one, one of my favorites is, um, it's called Crystal Nose. I'm not sure if, do you know about them? No. All right, so Crystal Knows, K-N-O-W-S, it's not a drug site. What it is, is it kind of actually ties to that NLP stuff I was telling you about. It's a personality profile of anybody you're connected to on your LinkedIn or in Salesforce. It's a Gmail plugin, and it's it's disk profile. So I can put your name in. So here's an example. I got your name in here uh, to prep for this, right? You're on my LinkedIn. I click on this little uh, this little plugin here, and it gives me your disk profile. You're a high D, and it says, Eric tends to be direct, task-focused, fast-paced, and resistant to rigid structure. Eric likely feels most comfortable as a leader and likely to assert and push his team towards successful outcome. His decisive ability to work under pressure is likely to suit him well in stressful social situations. It comes naturally for you to create a sense of urgency, how to communicate with you, uh, how, what motivates you, how to work with you, like all these different things. So it really gives me a, you know, it's not the be all end all, but it's a good um, temperature check for you and how I can communicate with you. And, and if I can figure out how to communicate with you, you know, and, and kind of mirror your style, then you're going to feel a lot more comfortable with me. So there's even a Gmail, there's even a Gmail plugin version of this where as I'm writing you an email, it'll actually highlight a word and say, sorry, you know, don't use that word. John doesn't like that word. Use this word instead. So it's a really cool tool that I use from a prospecting standpoint and also a, um, 
uh, you know, when I meet with you, I'll, I'll put your name in there and make sure that it's kind of and, and kind of get a sense for the type of person I'm about to meet with. So that one's that one's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's actually fairly accurate that description of me. So I'm, I'm going to check it out. I heard of it before, and I actually thought it was some some drug related thing, but I, I realized Crystal knows. Yeah, I totally heard of it before. We'll drop all this stuff in the show notes, and definitely go check out John's stuff. But John, this has been great. What's the best way for, for people to find you online? Yeah, the website, man. Uh, appreciate it. jbarrows.com, J-B-A-R-R-O-W-S.com. That, right there, that you'll get everything, right? So I have a resource library on that uh, site that has you know, pretty much everything I do. I give away for free, video tips and those type of things as well. Um, you know, I got the blog obviously on there and then all the social channels, um, pretty much my handle on anything, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, Instagram is John M as Michael Barrows. So you can find me there and I do a lot of engagement there, answer questions, whatever. Um, and then last but not least, we have a Facebook group where if you go to Jay Barrow or Facebook slash Jay Barrows, you you can like the page, but also get into the group and it's the make it happen group. And in there is a lot of people who've gone through the training. We got, we're up to about 2000 members right now. And there's, there's awesome engagement. Like we're, I'm in there moderating, answering questions, but a lot of reps and, and really good people are, are sharing some really good knowledge there. So, you know, I'm just, uh, just, like I said, I, I, I feel pretty blessed over the years of being exposed to some pretty cool stuff. And I've learned a lot of stuff along the way. And so, um, you know, I think, I think it's our job as sales professionals, once you come across something that works to share it. So I'm just trying to do my best to, to share good content so that we can elevate this profession. And like I said before, you know, when sales is done right, it's the greatest profession in the world. When done wrong, it's the worst. So I'm just trying to help people do it right. Love it. John, thanks so much for doing this. Awesome, Eric. I appreciate it, man. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.